What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. John Garcia Jr. on today. What is Wisconsin's ultimate recruiting ceiling? Could they get into the top 10? Plus, we're going to talk about a big-time linebacker coming to campus. All that and more today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, great show today. But first, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. And we are bringing on Lockdown's recruiting insider, the always fan favorite, John Garcia Jr., joins the show. Um, John, I want to start here. Now, a couple of listener questions that we want to get to, but I've wanted to talk about Peyton Pierce, linebacker out of Texas for a while. Um, big time prospect, four star kid, a lot of great offers. He is going to come to Madison to visit. I want to start with, as always, watching him on film. What is your takeaway from his game? Oh, yeah, a lot to like with Peyton Pierce, you know, Dallas area kid, started out there at Allen High School, but really making a lot of plays on both sides of the ball and special teams for, for Lovejoy High School. I think that's the first thing that really stands out because when, when we talk about great players, it's really great to see what they do specifically with their projection, right? So obviously with him, you can go into a lot of middle linebacker stuff that makes sense, right? 6'1", 230, strong downhill runner, uh, explosive upon contact, uh, fun laterally. I think he's got great instincts there as well, especially there in the box. But I love to look at the other stuff. Uh, he's making an impact play on special teams. He's blocking field goals. Offensively, he's running some wildcat quarterback slash running back stuff. So you get kind of this competitive overall sense with Peyton um, and the instincts shine kind of everywhere on the football field. So I think those are great sort of foundational pieces for him. But when you do zoom in a little bit closer, you love sort of the classic Mike linebackerness of his game. Uh, again, the, the athletic profile matches the frame uh, in the classic sense of what we think of as a middle linebacker, a guy who um, tackle to tackle is really going to operate with efficiency and, and explosiveness. But I do think he's got some some three down ability. You know, he can rush the passer on occasion and some of the pass coverage samples I've seen look really positive. So I think he's got some modernness to his game, but really the strength and kind of the, the layup here is a lot of classic Mike linebacker traits that fit kind of in any era of the game of football. So a uh, nice little throwback there to, to the floor of his game. Yeah. And a four-star prospect, you know, Oklahoma, Ohio state, a uh, bunch of really good schools after Wisconsin as well. There's others on that list for sure. Uh, you, you mentioned something with the versatility, three downness. We've talked about this a lot on the show. You really can't be a one trick pony on defense anymore, right? The days of, yeah. listen, LeVon Kirkland was a great NFL linebacker. I'm not here to slander that man's name, but what? the days of just D lineman today, he's a D lineman, right? <laughs> the days of being a two down run stuffer at linebacker, like this, this kit, this cat kind of fits the modern way defenses need to go playing in space, but also tackling, hitting with pop, um, is, is there anything kind of watching this film that sticks out to you that says all checks all those boxes we just talked about? Plus, this kid's a little different in this area. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's just the the reactive quickness. Uh, you know, the instincts are always something you could see with linebackers in particular, right? Because you can you can literally I do this a lot. You can press play on a given play as the ball is snapped and and count or or, or pause it as many times as you need to until the linebacker is reacting you know and Peyton is one that you don't get a whole lot of 
time in between that. You know, with some of these great athletes, oftentimes you can rely on that athleticism, especially when you're yeah. a power five recruit playing high school football and you can almost wait. Um, and you could view that as a strength and say, hey, he's really patient. Or you could say, hey, there's kind of a lull in between the ball being snapped and his movement, whether it's reading the the offensive lineman, if, if it's a run versus a pass, or obviously reading the quarterback in RPO or passing scenarios. You don't want to see that a whole lot at the high school level. You want players who are, are, are more quick to trigger, as we say sometimes in the business, relative to what they see. And, and sometimes it means you're doing the wrong thing, right? Sometimes you're just reacting to what you see and it's 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 on purpose offensively to, to, to deter you from where they actually want you to be. Um, and, and that's okay, I think, at the high school level. So I, I like the reactive quickness that he puts on tape. That's where you start to work in the margins comparing one linebacker to another. And again, you can rely on that athleticism and, and wait and, and still be effective, still grab tackles for loss and sacks. Or you could just go right now. Uh, and, and I tend to like the latter at this stage of, of the development process. Another year of high school ball left. Obviously, that transition to college still well ahead for Peyton Pierce. But I just like that he goes. I mean, he, he he's quick to trigger. He fires his gun. Whatever you want to call it metaphorically, he does it uh, right when the football is snapped. And, and obviously, he's right more times than not. Yeah, and you mentioned this as well. Um, by the way, I love – the fact that that this is why we have you on the show, right? None of us are are pausing film to see how quickly somebody reacts. <laughs> you got to find the tricks when you do this all day, right? <laughs> this is why you're here. Um, you know, he reminded me not not the the caliber of athlete for sure, but uh, you remember watching Tackett Curtis's film, and he was on special yeah. teams offense, the same type of vibe, right? This kid just does everything. Now Tackett had a little more juice, I think, but that type of vibe is really fun to watch on film. Where do you see his recruitment? I, I know we're a ways out here. He's He's got visits lined up. Um, does Wisconsin have a puncher's chance here? Where do you see his recruitment kind of headed? This is a, an interesting one. You know, we, we've talked on this show about some well-traveled recruits. I think Peyton kind of takes the cake in, in this regard. So some of these websites have great visit trackers, 24-7 calls it a timeline. Mm -hmm. I think uh, on three calls it something else. On one of them I saw he has taken like 30-plus visits already in his recruitment uh and that's before any official visits right because those those can't be taken just yet so there's well traveled and then there's uh, i'm gonna call it, i guess the peyton pierce measure uh th this kid has been everywhere multiple times including wisconsin which i think is interesting because you're, you're talking about trips in, in the previous regime and obviously he saw enough to continue to reciprocate the love from wisconsin as as the offer was carried over to this this luke fickle coaching staff so i think it's always important to get return visits uh he, he's done that with a lot of schools you mentioned texas notre dame oklahoma all at one point really uh confident in peyton pierce ohio state wisconsin are kind of the two the new schools that are involved uh, for the texans so naturally the big 10 is starting to make its push for him now um of course what spurred that move for Wisconsin was a coaching change, right? Obviously, Luke Fickle uh, taking over this defensive staff, taking over. And, and for Ohio State, same thing, a coaching change. James Laurinaitis was uh, a staffer at Notre Dame, and now he's at Ohio State. And he had built a, a strong rapport with Peyton Pierce, which has led to confidence from the Ohio State camp here simultaneously. So uh, initially, this was a kind of a Texas-Oklahoma maybe Notre Dame battle, but it, it has since opened up a little bit more uh, to where 
Ohio State and or Wisconsin are going to be players here before all is said and done. And that's where the bulk of his future visits are planned uh, up to Big Ten country. So I do think that's going to be fascinating and potentially elongating in his recruiting process, as you mentioned, you know, and there's there's predictions everywhere for this kid. And I think that reflects two things. One, incredibly well-traveled, as as we've said. And two, this has been a, a kid who's been identified as a high-level recruit for a long time. So the opinions have been able to kind of flow for, for really years in this case. You know, when you're a kid in Texas at that position who's got 40 offers, there's going to be a whole lot of coverage on you. So uh, I think he's going to have a fascinating recruitment because when you're that well-traveled, you gain familiarity and, and a feel for a lot of places. So we'll see if Wisconsin and Ohio State in particular can sort of catch up and make up ground on some of the other schools that he's been to a little bit more. No, it's exciting. It's going to be an exciting recruitment to follow. One of the the higher linebacker prospects Wisconsin's on, especially on the inside. Um, we're going to come up next with John Garcia. Keep him on the show. Take a quick break for our friends of the show. But we're going to talk Wisconsin recruiting ceiling. What does John Garcia think the obstacles there are for Wisconsin? We're going to talk about the next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, our show today brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Uh, America's number one sports book. NBA season's going on. March Madness is winding down. Incredible games yesterday. I apologize to anyone who, who might have had some money on UCLA. Um, this is a great time to sign up. If you sign up your first-time customer at FanDuel, get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the uh, free sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. It's incredibly easy to use. And you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers drained, plus Combine them all into one single-game parlay. Uh, higher payouts, make it more fun, more exciting, more things to track. Listen, the end of the regular season in the NBA is a bit of a grind. Make it a little more exciting with FanDuel so you're tracking, am I going to get my 11 rebounds from this player, my seven my seven assists from this player? It makes it a little more fun. Plus props. I've talked about some of my finals picks. The Suns coming out of the West, Bucks coming out of the East. If you want a good value pick, Dallas, I, I still think that duo – with Luca and Kyrie when they're healthy is a tough out in the playoffs and you get great money with them plus 1200 on Dallas. So locked on uh, partnering up with, with FanDuel. It's the number one place to go. Don't miss your chance now to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on today to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's get John back on here. We got, uh, I opened some of this up to listener questions. I definitely wanted to talk about Peyton Pierce, but we got some really, and I, I apologize, I'm not going to be able to get to everyone that submitted a question today, but we got some really good ones on here that I want to uh, hit up John with. The first one, John, I, I mentioned this one um, with Wisconsin's recruiting ceiling. This is from Wisconsin saying, his question is, under this new regime, can Luke Fickle potentially crack the top 10 in recruiting? If not, what are the obstacles in their way? Uh, that's a great, great question. Naturally, when you make a coaching change, that's one of the first questions that comes up. Uh, and often it's it's always a, a bit of a spark. Uh, it's never kind of like a revolutionary change. But this one feels like it's in that ballpark. It's not quite Deion Sanders at Colorado where you win one game and then after that you've got like the number one, I guess, portal class in the country. Not that extreme, but you can see significant change here. We've talked about it with you, Ryan, for the last year or so. Wisconsin had this sort of conventional floor and the ceiling was close to it always, right? That was always the thought uh, under previous regimes, but it, it feels totally different now. Uh, and when you overhaul rosters and, and bring in drastic changes, you know, specifically on one side of the ball versus the other, 
it can allow you to to bubble up uh, quite a bit. Uh, and not to mention the expanded recruiting footprint. We're seeing Wisconsin um, attempt to to accomplish here in this class of 2024. So I think all those things, along with the Big Ten strengthening overall in perception with time, all is going to help Wisconsin climb just a little bit higher in the recruiting rankings. Naturally, you would expect winning to be a big part of that, and we would expect Wisconsin to win more in the years to come, but it's not always the be all end all. I think that's, that's the biggest misconception with, with recruiting and offers that come in. It, it's not so much reflective of the on-field product as much as maybe we would assume. Yes. It, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, they're always going to be up there. Top two, top three, top five type programs. But if you look at this past recruiting cycle, 2023, Ryan, Texas finished in the top five without a, a strong on-field product relative to the others. Ditto for Miami, which didn't even make a bowl. Um, so I, I think Oklahoma was up there as well with, with a first-year full-cycle coaching staff. So so when you overhaul, it, it really goes one of two ways. You can overcompensate and, and, and use that newness as an element to push forward. But at some point, that, that on-field product is going to matter a little bit more. Those three schools we mentioned, two are under first-year coaches and one was under a second-year coach. So at some point, the on-field product has to catch up. But in the short term here for Wisconsin, these three examples tell us it doesn't have to be this year. It doesn't have to be a 10-win season to immediately reap mm. the, the recruiting rewards thereafter. I think the approach, the change in philosophy, the change in geography, all those things are going to help Wisconsin push forward. And we've already seen it, uh, especially when we include the transfer portal. I think that's the measure that we all need to collectively shift to in the recruiting industry um, and from a fan base perspective, that should be the starting point because it's about talent acquisition period, not relative to age and eligibility. Just, Hey, how many new faces are going to help us be better? You have to weigh the portal along with high school recruiting. So if you do, I think Wisconsin ceiling reaches even, even higher, right? Because when you look at it from just a high school recruiting standpoint, you've got shoe in programs that aren't moving anytime soon, right? We mentioned a few, Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, I would say Texas, Clemson, LSU. That's what is that? Seven or eight of the top yeah. 10 already. They're not moving, right? Oklahoma's in there too. Those schools aren't moving. And then, and then what about USC? What about Oregon? Schools that are always kind of in that bubble. So from a high school perspective, I don't think you're going to create too much movement uh, or crash the party consistently. But when you factor in the portal, I do think it opens you up for, for a higher ceiling. So a Wisconsin, a, a Colorado, an LSU, schools that Ole Miss, schools that combine both very well can now say, hey, from a talent acquisition standpoint, we are in that top 10 range. And I think that's the best bet and the, and the quickest translator to winning for a school like Wisconsin. So always view it from that lens first and then kind of expand from there. Now, that's a, that's a great point because we're so accustomed to what is the high school ranking, right? It has to incorporate transfer portal now. Does it almost... And I don't even know how you would do this, John. And now we're going off on a bit of a tangent, but you almost have to factor in talent retention as well, right? Like, absolutely. If you're That's landing a great point, like or, holding off your guys from the portal is just as important as dipping into said portal yeah that's a great uh point to bring up ryan because yeah if you you can have a great portal class or a big portal class arizona state i think has the biggest but they lost um, among the most in the country as well so to assume that all of that is going to align for for positivity and in the short term uh would obviously be a, a little bit risky in my mind so yeah that's a great point it all it all goes together right all these these 
layers correlate to one another. I think next time you're on the show, I want a prototype. I want a prototype with that incorporates high school ranking, you know, transfer okay. portal, talent retention. We'll go through it. We'll beta test it. I love it. Uh, I want to finish off with this question here. Bigger obstacle for Wisconsin, maybe reaching that really high recruiting ceiling. Is it consistent in-state talent for you or is it brand power compared to some of those other schools we talked about? I'd probably lean towards the latter because we've seen programs rely on recruits outside of the region and, and recruit well anyway, right? Um, mm-hmm. USC, Notre Dame can, can never really focus too much close to home. They've always got to push outside of that footprint. I think Penn State is another great example of a program that always you know, has to go down south and, and work well in Florida in addition to working Big Ten countries. So uh, I think the, the geography is is important to a certain degree. Uh, and obviously it's on the other side of it. If you're LSU, let's say, or, or Texas, uh, it, it helps you on the other side uh, quite a bit, but it's not enough by itself uh, for, for any of these programs uh, or, or they would never leave the state. So I, I think it's it's more it's more the latter. It's the branding that that philosophical change that has to happen with the recruit. You know, it's going to take it longer for you and me and high school coaches and mentors and seven on seven coaches and parents to make that shift because we've had Wisconsin in in a certain light for the last twenty years. It does happen quicker for recruits. So I think that is a positive to take away from it because. You know, the, no disrespect to your audience, th- this recruit, this recruiting era doesn't remember Ron Dane. Right. Th- this era doesn't even remember, you know, uh, the, the Monty Balls and 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 the uh, James Whites of the world, you know, to, to spend it a little bit further. They probably barely remember Jonathan Taylor. If you really want to date this thing, that that's kind of the window. You're always in a five to seven year window with recruits relative to their true knowledge of your brand without having to go into the research department. So. What I, I say that to say if if this offense goes crazy sooner rather than later, crazy like my mic just did, uh, that perception can flip very, very quickly. Like it could flip in 12 to 18 months as opposed to for, for the older folks, it'll take probably five years to start changing things. Right. Not quite the case with recruits. So that is one of the benefits of, of a true overhaul from a, I guess, perceptional or philosophical sense. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. There's going to be old, old hat college football fans at the end of the year look at Wisconsin stats and say, they threw the ball how much? Yeah, like, exactly. It's going to take a minute. Um, so great question. Thank you, Wisconsin saying. Next one here. I love this question from Eric Hoffman. Recruiting stars, do they translate to success more on offense or defense? Oh, this is this is easy. It's defense by such a wide margin. And it makes sense, right? Uh, first of all, defensive players. We talked about it with Peyton Pierce at the top. Mm-hmm. You are valued more on how you react to things, right? De- de- you're playing defense. You're in a reactionary position from the jump. Whether you're a pass rusher, you're reacting to the offensive tackles and the quarterback's drop. If you're a corner, you're obviously reacting to the cadence, you know, your depth versus the wide receiver, his leverage off the line of scrimmage, and those things. If you're a linebacker or safety, you're reading everybody and then reacting. And the the rate, the success rate thereafter kind of just tells us how good you are, right? Uh, it doesn't always translate to stats in particular, but we, we look at pass rushers, you look at corners, you look at linebackers, the, the best athletes and the most productive at those positions are fairly easy to see sooner rather than later. And of course, measurables are always a part of that. Um, and, and then you also have to remember, you know, athletically, you're kind of inclined to put your your freakiest of the freaky on defense. I mean, defensive linemen in particular are usually the, you know, the freakiest 
athletes on the team. And if it's not them, it's probably in your secondary somewhere, right? So I think all of those trends and, and just facts about the game of football push the evaluations a little bit easier uh, defensively. Offensively, obviously quarterback and O-line are probably the hardest six positions to evaluate off the top. Um, and then on top of that, scheme is so important. You know, we we are, are trying to value or evaluate running backs uh, that are in a, like a wing T offense that's coming downhill so fast. And then they go to college and they're in a spread RPO lateral type of deal where patience and vision, uh, all of those things come into play uh, where you don't use them at all in a different type of offense. So imagine for a quarterback or even tight ends or wide receivers in different types of offenses, trying to evaluate how that translates at the next level uh, is really tough. Not to mention the mental capacity has to be higher for an offensive player. So there's always more unknown with offensive recruits. That's why you get, you know, your, your group of five or even FCS players, those that hit higher are typically on the offensive side of the ball because there's so much more unknown with those evaluations and, and more importantly, how it translates at the next level, even if you do fit this, this measurable mold that, you know, our, our history tells us is, is successful more times than not. Now that's incredibly well said. All right. Coming up with John Garcia, we got two more quick questions. Um, again, smarter because he's here as always appreciate, appreciate you, John. Um, really quick break for our friends of the show over at built bar built bar remains your number one source for all your nutritional benefits, uh, protein, healthy. And this with March going on, they're doing a great kind of side or great promotion. I shouldn't say side promotion, great promotion. Uh, all you have to do is go to the built March madness bracket, vote for your favorite bar or puff. For me, it's the churro puff. Um, you vote you throughout March. You can vote this entire month as much as you want. And if you support your bar, you get a great chance to win excellent built bar uh, merchandise products. Um, when you vote for your favorite bar, you can be entered into win one box of free built bars, 12, 50 lucky locked on listeners will do that. And not only that, but one locked on listener will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best products delivered right to your door every single month. You can't beat that. We're all trying to be a little healthier, get a little stronger. I'm trying to, you know, bulk up a little bit, look a little more like John Garcia over there. You know, the summer's coming up. I want to, you know, get out on the beach and look good doing it. Built Bar is one of the ways I'm going to do it. Lots of protein, 100% real chocolate, low sugar, and great taste. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. Pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, John, a uh, couple more really quick questions here. We're going to wrap this up. Is there? I love this question from Joe uh, Frickleton. Is there a badger or a player that has the badgers on their radar that surprises you a little bit? I guess, I mean, we talked about David Stone a couple shows oh, ago. God. I mean, a guy like that. And I think Pierce is in this mold, too, to, to bring it to today's program. It doesn't surprise me that Wisconsin's in the game for offensive recruits, really anywhere, right? That Phil Longo system, the success, the visibility, all of that makes sense as to why, hey, if you're a receiver or, or a quarterback or even a running back, why that offer is going to look a little bit better than, than maybe it did six months ago. But defensively, if you're a long-tenured high-level recruit like a David Stone, like a Peyton Pierce who had dozens of offers as, as freshmen and, and sophomores in high school – to be considering all of the Blue Bloods regionally or nationally in Stone's case, and then to just add Wisconsin to it to the point that you're considering unofficials and official visits, I think that's the type of recruit that surprises me just a little bit more. Uh, so I think, you know, Stone, Peyton Pierce, just high-level recruits that have 
been recruits for a long time, which sounds crazy because all these kids obviously have offers, um, but not all of them have them at, at 14 and 15 years old. That level of, of national recruit, considering Wisconsin this soon after a coaching change, I think that surprises me uh, just in general, uh, especially on, on defense in particular. And then last question here from Jesse Y. Uh, Steck, Booker, and Mabry have committed. Uh, who might be close to signing next, and when can we expect the next kind of wave of commitments? We've had a bit of a lull there. Yeah, well, I think Wisconsin's been pretty conservative with its visitors. A lot of schools have been going really crazy with the visitors in, in the month of March. You know, Auburn, Miami, a couple that come to mind nationally. Wisconsin's pushing it later in the spring, um, whether it's their spring practice starting a little bit later or obviously building up towards the, uh, what is it? The launch, the, the launch event uh, in late April, which is I think when Pierce is going to be in town, you know, they, they want to push things back just a little bit. So that typically says the official visits are going to be pushed back a little bit. So I think you'll see some action sooner rather than later in general. Um, but from a volume standpoint, that summer official visit window, I think for most schools, is going to be when you see more verbal commitments. That said, I mean, Wisconsin's the public leader for uh, Marcus Harrison, the big 6'8 offensive tackle. That could go down at any point, theoretically. And then we talked about this as well, Ryan, in terms of trying to figure out who might be next. Really strong year within state lines re relative to years past. So if if Landon Gaither's ready to, to jump in, you know, that will be probably good news for Wisconsin. Ditto for Sam Piloff or Piloff, however that's pronounced, uh, excuse me, Sam, same thing, you know, in-state recruits in particular, when it's a strong year, I think you're always going to have a, a bit of a benefit sooner rather than later. So I think it's going to be fine for Wisconsin, but I would, I would assume that summer window, particularly late June is where we're going to see some more tangible action from, from a commitment standpoint. Uh, awesome stuff. We're looking forward to it. As always, John Garcia Jr. Jumping on the show. Really do appreciate it, my friend. On Wisconsin, we'll talk more tomorrow. Spring practice is about to start. Let's go.